This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagistilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Did you know that God has guaranteed you can have health and prosperity, a blessed life, answered prayer, and victory in all things you ask for, just as God has always planned for it to be? Did you know that within you, God has placed the power to make all of His promises a reality? Who, like spiritual powerhouses, will simply reach out and claim those promises? Did you know that once you put action to your faith, obediently believing what God has promised, God pledges that there will always be a blessing attached to that obedience? In this life-changing six-lesson message entitled, You Too Can Be a Spiritual Powerhouse, Pastor speaks to the Christian who knows he is saved, believes and confesses God's Word, but simply doesn't activate that Word's promises by doing what they tell him to do. Once set free from a life that lies dormant because of spiritual laziness, this Christian too can be a spiritual powerhouse. So be doers of the Word, not hearers only deceiving yourself. Because he said, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and merely forgets. And that's like a lot of church people. They come and they hear and they're excited, and as soon as they walk out the door, they forget. And uh, verse 25 says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, and that would be the word of God, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer. Everybody say doer. doer. A doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Amen. So you, you, you do the word of God. I don't know a person. I don't know a person who truly lives the word of God that isn't blessed. And their lives show it. And they will tell you. Every, they, they are the first to tell you. I, what, I am what I am. I have what I have. Because God has blessed me. God is blessing. All right. So go to Matthew 7, and Jesus kind of addresses the same issue. And um, he says in verse 24, it's very familiar to many of us, but let's kind of just take off from here. Verse 24, he says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, that would be his word, right? Because we understand the whole Bible. Every word that's been spoken is the inspired word of God. And it's for us today as it was for the people then. It doesn't ever stop. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get musty. It, we, it, it still has the same power. See, that's why there's a move to dilute the Word of God, even in some Christian churches, some denominational churches. They're trying to twist the Word of God and take the power of the Word of God. See, because the devil is behind it, because the devil understands Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is active and living and sharper than a two-edged sword to dividing asunder, so on and so forth. So you understand that the devil understands how powerful the Word is, and that's why there have been a lot of, lot of churches a lot, trying to socialize the church, trying to give in to political correctness. That's why I don't give in to political correctness. I would rather lose people than lose the power of God's Word and effectiveness in my life and in my church. 
to hell with the political correctness. Because I understand I'm a life that's been transformed and changed by this word and by the power of faith, trusting it, trusting this word, activating this word, speaking this word, doing this word. My life has been transformed and changed. And I just live to share that with everybody that I can. So he said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Now, you got to hear the word. That's why you got to be in church. Or on Internet, you know, when we're connected. But you got to be connected to a lifeline. Everybody needs a church, needs a pastor. That's another deceptive uh, principle of the enemy that really diminishes your faith and the power of your faith is that you become an island unto yourself. I don't need a church. I don't need a pastor. I just do whatever I want to do. You, you need to have that connection to, right. to a man or a woman of God uh, who, who is anointed and called by God and placed yes. by God yes. as a pastor, as a leader, because you have to hear a constant inflow yes. of word. Amen. You have to have a constant inflow of word. So he says, therefore, whoever, that doesn't mean everyone's going to hear the word of God. There are people sitting in church don't hear the word of God. They're playing video games, they're drifting, they're falling asleep, they're thinking about, you know, be attentive, come on. You might, you might learn something. You don't know everything. Even though you think you do, you don't know everything. He says, therefore, whoever hears, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, so it's the same thing, obedience, obedience, does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Now, every one of us, you know, of course, Jesus is giving us um, an analogy here, but really what he's talking about is, is building his life. Every, every human gets an opportunity to build your life. You're, you're born, you grow up, you age, and through all these processes of life, you get to build your life. And the outcome of your life is, is going to be determined by what you put into that life. And that's the warning that Jesus is giving. He's saying anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice or does them, he's going to be like a wise man who's built a very secure, very, very secure house. And he goes on to say, and and the rain's going to come down, and the floods are going to come, and the winds are going to blow, and beat on that house, and it did not fall because the house was founded on the rock. So that means that we as Christians, it, we don't ever not have a challenge. Amen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, true. Sometimes we've got more. And, but the fact is that we're not, we're not exempt from trouble. But what he says is because you are living the word, because you're a doer of the word, you're obedient to God's word, wherever you see God requires something, you do it. You're putting these principles into operation in your life. He said, the rain's going to come, the floods are going to rise, the thunder's going to crash, the lightning's going to flash, wind's going to blow. But you're not going down because your house has been built upon the the Word of God. And and you have a life to build. So how he builds, how a man builds his life is going to determine success or failure. Prosperity or poverty. Amen. It's going to, it's going to, you know, 
um, standing or falling, rejection or acceptance in your life. It's going to determine all of this in your life as you go along. If you, if you do the word, if you hear it and you do it, then you're going to have good results. Now he flips it around. He gives you the second part. And he says, that house did not fall because we built on a rock. But everyone who hears, verse 26, hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. And I have to be honest with you, a lot of believers I know that are not doers of the word. Amen. They're knowers of the word. Yes. They can quote the word better than I can. But they're not doing the word of God. And because they're not doing the word of God, because there's no obedience that's backing up their belief system, their faith lies dormant. It's the obedience in actions and activities and words of your mouth that activate the faith to cause your faith to come on the scene and to produce the results that you want. Are you all, are you, I'm getting like half the house clapping, the rest of you kind of looking at me like, what did he just say? What did he just say? I want to make, no, don't, don't just clap. I want to make sure you're getting it. I know the ones that are clapping got it. Not that I need a clap to know that you got, so please don't send me another email. All right. I need to cut down on my emails. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a word from God for me. It's all right. I'm here and perfectly fine on my own. He wouldn't put me here if I wasn't able to hear from God. He wouldn't put me here if I needed someone to tell me. Hallelujah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But everyone who hears these words, so, every, you know, both classifications of people are, are hearing, but there's only half that are doing. 100% heard, only 50%, according to this, are hearing, are doing. And 50 are not. Uh, do not do them. He'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. So, same storm, different results. Both examples were in the same storm. But one house withstood the storm and one did not. So every man gets to build his house. Your life is your house. And what you put into that house is going to determine the quality of what you build. If you listen to the Word of God and you apply the Word of God and you, you fit your life into the Word not just take the word and fit it into your life. Amen. Big difference. Amen. By fitting my life into the word of God means that I'm holding this to everything I am, Amen. everything I do, everything I believe. By fitting my life into the word. By trying to fit the word this way into my life, I'm taking bits and pieces yes. and putting what I want. Just semantics. But I think it makes the point. I want to immerse myself in the Word of God. I want to be and do and act in every way that God, God outlines in this Word. So, is everybody getting something out of this? So, it's obedience that's going to bring the blessings into my life. So, Jesus points that out right there. That you, 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 know, you say, how many of you remember the story of the rich young ruler? Yes. 
the rich young ruler, can we take a look at it for just a minute? How long I've been preaching? I only have a few minutes, so let's just go over to Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, and verse 17. You all good out there? And Jesus has this little interaction with this person, and he goes, verse 17, the rich young ruler, now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. So he was kind of playing with him right there, challenging him, saying, you call me good, but do you believe that I'm God? Only, only God is good. Do you know who you're talking to? Do you really know who you're talking to? That's what he's saying here, right? So verse 19 says, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and he said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up your cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word. Sort of like some Christians I know. They love, oh, they love John's gospel about love, it's patient, it's kind. And as soon as they get to the tithing verses, oh, let's keep going. The giving verses, let's just jump right over it. You understand what I mean? And then some people love the giving stuff, and then when they get to the love stuff, they want to jump over that. Oh, I have to forgive everybody? But he was sad at his word. He was sad at his word. And he went away sorrowful. See, when you don't obey the word of God, you do kind of walk away with a bit of sorrow in your heart. Because you know, if you're a believer, if you're truly saved, you want to obey God. But sometimes your brain gets in the way. You know, your lifestyle gets in the way. You know, you know what I'm talking about. So you walk away sorrowful. But it says here, it says he walked away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And really, the way we should give this, great possessions had him. Because Jesus identifies it, right? So he says, and Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? Well, now you would think that, okay, so a lot of people take that and say, well, you see, being rich is ungodly. You have to be poor. And that's where uh, sometimes some of this idea, you know, poverty, you know, this, you know, this idea of somehow being poor makes you more holy. Or no, being poor just makes you poor. It doesn't make you holy. It doesn't make you humble. It makes you poor. That's all it does. Poor is poor. So, so he says, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And he's going to address it in just a minute, what he means here. And the disciples were astonished at his words, and probably because they were business people. Remember, they were fishermen. And they, you know, they, they probably had lucrative businesses. Of course, they left everything to follow Jesus, but they understood what probably, I'm just you know, reading into this a little bit, but just my own personal thoughts. But Jesus answered and said, to them again and said to them, and he's, he's going to elaborate now. Now listen, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. So he identifies the problem here. It's not the riches. 
It's the trusting in the riches. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to have. God wants you to be blessed. Right? And, and in, this, you know, in this case, he's identifying. He's saying it's not the riches. It's that the riches had him. And he was trusting in his riches more than he was trusting in the living God. He wouldn't obey the word because of his riches. He wouldn't obey the word. He wouldn't obey the word. He wouldn't obey the word because of his great wealth. I remember many years ago, there was a man who I knew very well who got saved and got on fire and he was in terrible straits, you know, had no money and terrible condition in his life and God blessed him. And when he had no money, you know, he, he'd tell me, he said, I only make 200 bucks, but I'm tithing my 20 bucks. And he was tithing right along. And then all of a sudden, just fast forward, and he, God really blessed him, supernaturally blessed him, and prospered him to a, to a point where, this is going back over 30 years ago, that when more than 30 years ago, probably like almost 40 years ago, 37 years ago, something like that, he prospered him so much that in the first year, he, went, he supernaturally opened up this opportunity, this contracting opportunity for him. And in, in one year, he made more money. I mean, he made like six figures in the first year. You're talking almost 40 years ago. Six figures is still a lot of money. God supernaturally prospered him. And then all of a sudden, he stopped tithing. He had every excuse. In fact, he told me, he said to me, you know, I owe God some money, I owe the Lord some money, and he told me the amount, and he said, you know, and I had just, I think we, I had just opened the church, and he said, I owe the Lord some money, and I'm going to, you know, get that to you. Well, I never saw that money. And I know for a fact that he never tithed it. I know it, because I knew him that well. See? And his life just took a downward spiral from there business started to not do as well and he was always living on the edge and so on and so forth. See? So, I hope I'm not boring anybody here. See? So, it's hard for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. You can't worship your money. You worship the true and living God. So, then he goes, verse 25, now listen, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among them, and I don't have time to get into that, but there's, that's great teaching in itself. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Amen. Then Peter, always the loudmouth, said to him, see, we have left all and followed you. And this is what Jesus said. Now listen, this is what Jesus said. Obedience, right? We're talking about obedience today? Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one. No one? No one. Is that everyone? Right? Flip it the other way. If he says there's no one, that means that includes everyone. He said there is no one. That means you. Point to somebody. So that means you. Don't touch them. Just point to them. That means you. That means you, 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 you. It means me. Jesus said, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel. 
He's talking about people that are fully immersed in this word. Here, let me use it. Let me use it. Can I use a, a, a powerful word? Radical. There's a lot of radical activity in the world right now, but it's not good radical activity. We need good radical Christians who know this word, love this word, obey this word, do this word, and live this word every day of their life. So he said, who shall not receive a hundredfold now? This is evidence that God wants to meet the needs in your life. This is not just preaching about a time to come when we go to heaven. Praise God. I'm looking forward to entering the gates of heaven and seeing Jesus face to face. But man, I need some clothes while I'm living in this earth. I need a place to live. I need a car to drive. I need some food to eat. So Jesus addresses this. He said, no one who gives up all for me and does like I told this this uh, rich young ruler to do is going to come up shorthanded. He said, who will not receive, who will not receive a hundredfold in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. In other words, listen, that means that this Christian walk isn't a whole bed of roses all the time. It means there are going to be warfares to fight. There are going to be challenges to, to stand up against. There are going to be the devil's attacks that are going to come. But praise God that we've got God on our side because we're immersed in this book. And I love this last verse. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Got to be a look like. Come on, God's going to do a big flip-flop. So he said, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this life, in this time of the things you need and the relationships and all. So in other words, let, let me put it in simple terms and then I'll finish right here. You will never, if you ever walk in obedience to God, you will never come up shorthanded. Never. You, you know, it used to be an old saying that you can't outgive God. But it's an old saying that, you know, bears repeating right now. You can't outgive God. When you walk and live and do and speak in accordance with His Word, the outcome is blessing. So this is the thought today. Obedience to God's Word. Let me elaborate on it. Obedience to God's Word in what I do, what I think, what I say brings blessings, long life. I didn't get into that one today, and prosperity, because there's a bunch of verses yet that I didn't get to, so maybe, maybe we'll pick up on it. We'll see. Yes. Let me just give you one. Isaiah. This is an important one. Write it down. Isaiah 119. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best or the good of the land. You will eat the best of, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. Can I get a better amen? Hallelujah. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of God-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the Word of God and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come, God's Word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors.